Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Feeling like you need a punch of energy? Enter Wonderful Pistachios. I love them. The snack that packs a protein punch, and the best part, they come in so many flavors and so many sizes. Whether you're on the go or chilling at home, wonderful pistachios, they're the go-to snack for me. Here's the real kicker, the protein. These little wonders are one of the highest protein nuts out there. Just one ounce serves up a whopping six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. So visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. I love them. Thanks for listening to the Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Here we go on a Wednesday, live in Los Angeles. It's The Herd, wherever you may be and however you may be listening or watching. Thanks for making us part of your day. Julian Edelman on later in the show. Uh, J-Mac, I was thinking about something. I was watching um, Jordan Love, Green Bay Packers, some highlights last night. And just kind of sitting around watching his highlights throughout the course of the year. And the GM got a lot of heat for drafting him. And there were no results for three years he didn't play. And the results early this year were bad. Now the results are good. But um, I think sometimes we get a little too focused on results and not choices. Right? Like if you make good choices in life, you can't predict outcomes. Who knows if COVID happens? or a stock market crash, or international turmoil, or a government shutdown. And I'm going to start the show talking about that today. Oh, that sounds spicy. Okay, so I always, when I had mentors growing up in the business, or people that I have surrounded myself with, maybe an agent, an attorney, business partners, I don't judge them when I'm choosing them just on results, because a lot of results are unpredictable. You can go out and draft a quarterback, and he breaks his leg an hour later in a motorcycle accident. It doesn't mean it wasn't a good choice and he wasn't a good pick. You just don't like the results. So when Green Bay drafted Jordan Love, they knew they were not going to get results. They knew he was going to sit for years and years. But their choice made sense to them because Aaron was getting older, prickly, some drama, not always the easiest guy to coach. So you didn't have to like the results until the last seven weeks, but the choice was reasonable. And I was thinking about Jordan Love and the choices. So when Tom Brady left, he was a free agent in New England. There were a lot of choices he could have made, but what did he choose? 
He chose an offensive line that was seventh in the NFL. They needed a right tackle. They draft one. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Cameron Brait, O.J. Howard, offensive coach. So Brady looked at what his current situation didn't have and frustrated him. He wanted an offensive coach, better weapons, guys that could separate. So he made really good choices. Now, we didn't love the results for the first 12 weeks. They were 7-5. and five. It was a really smart thinking. Then there was Matt Stafford. He had a no-trade clause. He could have vetoed anywhere. And he looked at the Rams and went, I'm older. They got a great left tackle, Andrew Whitworth, super smart head coach, star receiver, Cooper Cup, and a good defense. I don't have to win by a shootout every week. And, and also, the Rams' O-line was third the year before he got there. So if you look at the results, that's all we pay attention to to Brady and Stafford, the results. But even if Stafford and Brady don't win a Super Bowl, their choices were really smart. Older quarterbacks, elite O-lines, right? Weapons, offensive coaches. Stafford wanted to stay in the weaker conference. Brady wanted to go to the weaker conference, the NFC. Brady wanted to go to a weaker division. His only rival was old Drew Brees. You could tell Tom was very thoughtful about it. You could tell Stafford, I don't want to go... I want to go face Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. I want, to, I want to stay in the NFC. All right. And then there's Aaron Rodgers. He had a smart offensive coach. He had a very good offensive line. It was ranked third. He had a star running back, and they just drafted Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson, really, really talented young receivers. And Aaron went, nah, no, I want to go to a defensive coach with a losing record to the 31st ranked offensive line. Packers were third. I know, I know, it doesn't sound right. Shaky, impulsive O-line, shaky, impulsive owner, defensive coach, one-star wide receiver in a much tougher division, a much tougher conference where I'm an old quarterback and there's like seven new great young ones in their prime. Forget about his vaccine and political opinions. Aaron's football IQ isn't very high. Stafford, even Russell Wilson, chose, okay, Hackett from Pete Carroll, defensive coach. Hackett's an offensive coach. Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, uh, Bowles, the left tackle, a good starring young running back. Tight end they liked, and some nice defensive players. Now, the result for Russell wasn't good. It was good for Stafford and Brady, but the decisions Russell made were based on a young offensive coach who had Aaron Rodgers, left tackle, running back, couple receivers, all make Jerry Judy better. It just didn't pan out. That's why I always say, be careful about just judging results. Are the choices your financial advisor makes, your attorney makes, your family, your wife, your husband, are the choices good? Results vary. Who the hell knew we were going to have a pandemic? Stock market crashes. Things change. But when I look at Aaron Rodgers, was it delusion or just narcissism and hubris? Because he didn't have a no trade clause, but he could threaten retirement. So he said with the Jets, yeah, I like that. You think Brady would have chosen the Jets? He wanted out of the AFC. You think Stafford would have chosen that offensive line? He wanted Andrew Whitworth and McVeigh. 
So when you when you judge these quarterbacks, it's not just that Aaron's results this year were horrible. His choice was. It's the le- You're going to go and face Josh Allen twice a year? <laughs> okay. So, I mean, it's really fascinating as I watched Jordan Love. I think Aaron wanted this to sting a little bit for Green Bay. Just a little bit. See your ex struggle. They're in a significantly better position today. Now, he didn't know they were going to go draft two tight ends, one of them Musgrave excellent, or go get Reed, the wide receiver from Michigan State. He didn't know they were going to hit on tight ends and another wide receiver. You can't predict that. But it is remarkable, right? When you look at the choices, Russell made the right choice. It didn't work out. Brady, Stafford, the things that mattered to them, they were the right choices. Aaron made like eight wrong choices. And it's why I said earlier this year, I don't think he'll ever be relevant again. Maybe in the NFC South, which Brady chose, not in the AFC. All right, so I saw Mel Kuyper made this comment. Mel's a draft guy. He said the Bears, the Bears could get a first round pick from Atlanta for Justin Fields. You could get the eighth pick overall, said Mel Kuyper. Um, I would not do that. <laughs> I would not do that if I'm Atlanta. Justin Fields was the 11th pick. And based on his uneven, spotty career, 82 passer rating, 10 wins, 28 losses. You think he's more valuable? <laughs> um, and whoever gets him has less contract control than the Bears did. Whoever trades for him has to pick up his fifth-year option in May. Meaning, you got to sign him to an extension, and you've never seen him play for your squad. This is crazy. I love Mel, but he's a draft guy. Aaron Rodgers was a four-time MVP and hoisted a Super Bowl trophy. He got traded for a conditional first-round pick and a second. Baker Mayfield, career 500. He won a playoff game over in that circus in Cleveland. He got a conditional fifth-round pick. To this point, Justin Fields' career is like Desmond Ritter. They have the same passer rating. (laughs) In fact, Desmond Ritter's won more games. So if you could get a second round pick a second round pick forget a first that's not happening if you could get a second for justin fields if you're chicago you call a team and atlanta says we'll take a second you literally simultaneously keep them on the phone and call the league office to get approval for the trade you don't hang up the phone you get your attorneys right there to write up the contract small talk how the wife and kids okay we'll agree to it you don't hang up the phone I do think Justin Fields has a market, but, you know, that last game against Green Bay when he's on the field with Jordan Love, that gap wasn't a small one. We saw Jordan Love in eight weeks improve dramatically. I got three years. I've seen incremental nudges toward positive things for Justin Fields. And I'm not anti-Justin Fields. And I think he does have value. I think he could garner a second to a third round pick. But you better accept that second round pick because it may be a third. It's like NFTs. Remember when NFTs came out? Like, I always understood cryptocurrency. Not for me. Unregulated money. No thank you. No centralized bank is really willing to put their arms around it. Not going to be my investment. 
but like NFTs as like 98% are worthless. Like you keep telling me it's something and I don't see something. And the opinions on Justin Fields are wild. You keep telling me what he is, and I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't see it. He's not very accurate, and he's kind of erratic, and he doesn't win. He's not very good late. His fourth quarter is his worst quarter. He gets worse every quarter. <laughs> doesn't play particularly well in cold weather, warm weather, in a dome. I mean, I'm, I'm not anti, but for somebody to suggest that the Falcons should trade the eighth pick for Justin Fields, that, that's NFT territory. That's like, you you, you got to give me something. Because right now, he's a more athletic Desmond Ritter. Like the numbers, that's what the numbers tell you. Well, Desmond Ritter has a, does he have a receiver as good as DJ Moore? I don't know. Well, he's got a tie down. I don't know, Cole Komet's pretty good. <laughs> well, his coach got fired. I mean, Desmond Ritter, I think Justin Fields is better. I'm not disputing that. But um, it's really interesting to watch uh, people dig their feet in. If you can get a second-round pick on Justin, you take it. You do not hang up the phone. You do not hang it up. And, and in a new environment, Justin, I think Atlanta's interesting. I think it's very interesting. But um, for somebody in the league to say uh, uh, worth the eighth overall pick, he was the 11th. And now you have no contract control over him. The minute you bring him in, by May, you got to sign him. He never played for your team. Just a thought. J-Mac, I'm firing today. Yeah, I could tell. Um, the Bears are not in a great spot with Fields. Everybody knows they got to move him because Caleb Williams is coming in. Right. So who on earth is offering a first-round pick? That's insanity. That's why I said. A second, you keep him on the phone and seal it. I could see, I could see them getting desperate down to the day before the draft and just saying, we'll take a three. Now, I, I do think he deserves, athletically, he deserves another shot as a starter. Okay, but I think he's good is, enough to do that. What's the market? Like, besides Atlanta, I said there would be, like, 10 teams interested. Raiders, you we got to see what happens with some of these coaching yeah, yeah. spots. I mean, listen, would, if you're Mike Tomlin, and you look at your quarterback room, you're like, ooh, Trubisky. Well, think about Rudolph. this. Think uh, about this. I, why wouldn't you take a chance on Justin Fields? So, so think about this. Montez Sweat was a second pick. They got a second-round pick yeah. for him. And people were like, that's outrageous. Montez Sweat is excellent. Their defense was literally better the minute he showed up. Yeah. Okay, so Justin Fields is 10 and 28. So you, you, the bottom line is, I need, for a second-round pick, I want somebody that is productive. Chase Claypool, people push back, Oof. and I get it, but you remember his rookie year. Yeah. He was sensational as a rookie in Pittsburgh. Mm. And then he's not really as committed as you'd hoped. No. He's gone sideways. But you got to give me something where I go, there's got to be like, oh, I get it. A second-round pick, these are valuable. In the NFL circles, second-round pick is a day-one starter. And, and like, like a real player. The, the weird thing is we're seeing uh, Baker Mayfield take the Bucks to the playoffs. He's not a high-paid quarterback. We're seeing Jared Goff, who's another middle-class quarterback. Could Fields in the right spot next year maybe take a team to the playoffs? It's not out of the realm of possibility. It's not. But based on I have to sign him immediately to an extension, and he's 10-28, and 28, based on those realities, last game was a bad one against Jordan Love. Based on those realities, a second is a really, that's a good get. I would agree. Uh, so, so basically, you know, you got Montez Sweat, and then you regained your second pick, and you're going to get a star quarterback. That's a good offseason for Chicago. Bears' future looks very bright. Got a great parlay for you this weekend. Thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook. New users, please use the code HERD, H-E-R-D. 
when you download the app, which takes 90 seconds. So my parlay pick of the week via DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm going to take the Texans plus nine at the Ravens, a young Texans team playing with confidence. I don't necessarily think a couple of weeks off helps the Ravens. I think Baltimore wins. I'll take the nine. Uh, I'm going to take the Lions minus six against the Bucs. They're a better team. That Rams team they beat and controlled in the first half was arguably, next to Baltimore, the hottest team in the league. Lions at home win by a touchdown. I'm going to take Bills minus three over the Chiefs. Kansas City this year is not Kansas City previous years. And I think Buffalo at home is going to score some points. If you want to take the herd parlay, check out DraftKings Sportsbook. New users, please use the code herd when you download the app. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. See show notes for full details. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game-changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. So this is interesting. The Detroit Free Press It's not actually free, but Jim Harbaugh is seeking a Michigan contract extension. And here's the particulars. Harbaugh 
is looking for a clause that would, quote, grant him immunity from termination from any finding or sanction from either the NCAA investigations, either of the ones being investigated. So he wants coverage. He wants protection. He also, in the report, Michigan's already offered Harbaugh six-year, $11.5 million a year deal. Makes him the highest paid coach. Should a situation arise that the NCAA comes down and drops the hammer on Michigan and Harbaugh and that he could be fired for cause, that decision would then not be up to the AD. Harbaugh doesn't want that. He wants it to be a three-member arbitration panel. So he doesn't trust the athletic director, Ward Manuel. So here's the thing. He can make far more money in the NFL than $11.5 million. All he's saying is, hey, I'll take less. I want some protections. I want some insurance. And I think Michigan is crazy not to sign him. These aren't even major stipulations. This is, yeah, I can make double elsewhere and only answer to one person. I don't want to have an athletic director that I don't trust or an NCAA whose punishment is at best arbitrary. Go ask USC. It's arbitrary. There used to be a joke, the late Jerry Tarkanian used to say that the NCAA was so mad at Kentucky basketball that they put Cleveland State on two years probation. It's always been completely arbitrary. NCAA is like a cop with a chip on his shoulder. Just depends on the night. Um, and here's the other thing. The NFL blows college football away in terms of coaching for a lot of reasons. Every advantage in coaching goes to the NFL, except one. Um, better pay, more vacation. It matters. He's 60. Uh, no recruiting. You answer to one person. No needy boosters or parents. The only downside, college football, you do control your personnel, but you have to work for it. It's not granted. You don't have picks slotted in. Got to get on planes, get in cars, vans, drive around the country. So, all he's saying is, I'm a Michigan man. I won you a natty. I can make double elsewhere. If Michigan doesn't grant these exceptions, meaning if he gets fired or there's a big, big avalanche of allegations, the AD doesn't get the final call. That's just an individual man who Jim doesn't trust. It goes to a three-member panel. Jim's not saying you can't fire him, but it goes to a panel. He's also saying we, we can't just take the NCAA's word on it. We have to have a little clause here. So I, I, think, I think you're sending a bad message. If you're not going to give Harbaugh, a Michigan man, arguably the best coach in college football. Why am I saying arguably? He's the best coach in college football. Kirby Smart couldn't do anything in the NFL. Nick Saban didn't. These college guys are college coaches. Jim's the best coach. He can win at the highest levels. Pro football, college football. He's the best coach. You don't you're going to pay him half of what the NFL is. You're not going to give him some protection, some insurance. I think Michigan's nuts not to do it. There's not a better coach on the market. Brian Kelly's not better than Jim Harbaugh. There's not a better coach on the market. You make precedents and stipulations and clauses for stars. And he's a rock star. Jay Mack with the news. No, 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 no. Turn on the news. This is the Herdline News. He's got all the power. Uh, talks to the Falcons. He talks to the Chargers. You got to give him whatever he wants. It's Jim Harbaugh. Come on. But it's it's remarkable. These athletic directors. You get executives that the simple stuff 
you you don't let Jim Harbaugh leave. If 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 he left, and the reason he left is because the athletic director would not allow for a three member panel to potentially fire him and not himself. That's all narcissism. That's all ego. Listen, he just doesn't trust the athletic director. Doesn't doesn't mean he doesn't love him. Doesn't like him. You know, it's you know, there's an old saying: love many, trust few. Or trust, but verify. <laughs> I trust very few people. I love a lot of people. I think you trust me at this point. You tell on me a lot. Days. I know some dark You get dark a little wacky on. on Thursday, Friday. <laughs> All right, let's start uh, with the Philadelphia Eagles. They started 10-1 and one this season, lost 6 of 7, and bounced in the wild card round. Now Nick Sirianni is on the hot seat and will reportedly meet with owner Jeffrey Lurie today about his future. Boy, we know if he sticks around, there's going to be major changes to the coaching staff. Maybe another new OC in D.C. like last year. Um, your gut on whether or not he gets fired today? I, I I don't think you can run this back. I don't think it's overreact. They moved off Doug Peterson. But do they have to have an answer? Like, they have to have a guy they no, know no, who's no, pretty no, much no. a lot to come gr- in? No, it's a great year for candidates. Oh. It's a great year for the candidates. I mean, good well, this job is not as good as the Chargers job. It's not that far below because we do believe that Jalen Hurts, we've seen him have talent. So the best job is the Chargers job. But I do think there's arguments for Philly, Washington, and Seattle for various reasons. Atlanta, Dallas? um, Dallas is not as good a job as people perceive. Atlanta is interesting, but who's my quarterback? And it's not a winning franchise historically. But I think their salary cap, most in the league, Washington. That's interesting. New rich owner. Um, I mean, Chargers, quarterback. Seattle, great roster, just missing a quarterback. Atlanta's got a good roster. Seattle's got a great one without a quarterback. And Geno could be a backup or Drew Locke. Atlanta's got an average to slightly above average roster with no quarterback. That's not a good job. But don't you... You have to... Whoever they reach out to, let's say they have an idea they won Harbaugh. Harbaugh's not jumping into that locker room without finding out what the hell happened. You don't lose six of seven down the stretch unless there was some major toxicity. In no, that I, I don't think Philadelphia and Harbaugh work at all huh. because he deserves personnel power first three years, and Howie Roseman won't grant it to him. It, it, it's weird. You think Philadelphia is a great organization, Harbaugh, great coach. That doesn't fit at all. He needs to go somewhere. Like the Chargers, he would have big personnel say. He should. Jim's been recruiting all these elite players for the last 10 years. So if you bring Jim in and don't use his knowledge, his institutional recruiting knowledge, shame on you as an owner. You've got to give. I mean, listen, Seattle said, Pete, you've been doing this for six, seven years at SC. Pete was finding stars in the fifth and sixth round, Mm. the third and sixth round. So, yeah, I mean, Philadelphia's got the GM, and they've also got some ego and drama and institutional stuff that Jim would have to overcome. Washington's a clean slate. Chargers, Herbert, pretty much clean slate. This is... There's really good openings. I don't know if there's enough good coaches for the openings now. The way well, you're framing is. it. There never is. There's always seven, eight openings, and there's like two great candidates. Right, this year we up. have four great candidates. Yeah, next up is uh, Mike McCarthy on the hot seat. Has one more year left on his deal with the Cowboys. But after their walk-out loss, Colin, I think we both think it's over for Mike. Uh, uh, I, I, I think... I think it is. He's set to meet with Jerry Jones later this week. We don't know which day. Um, in what is being described as something 
like a job interview. Yeah, I'm sure Mike <laughs> McCarthy loves to hear that. Uh, you know, I we just I win ten. That's a rough every place year. to go. Now I got to do a job interview. <laughs> well, he's been. <laughs> Mike, we've caught him twice kind of fibbing, kind of making stuff yeah. up to get the job and... Fake it till you make it, right? I mean, you, you I got, toss in a white lie here or there. What uh, does it matter? I don't love that. Well, I mean, okay, do you, don't you love 10 or 12 regular season wins every year in Dallas? You love that. Well, I don't love your theory that just white lie it through the interview. Well, I, I didn't say, like, through the entire time. <laughs> if you toss in one, yeah, I watched all the film, all of it, all every second of it. Come on. I don't think I'd want to tell my boss that. I watch all the games every night. No, I acknowledge. Sometimes I want a cocktail. <laughs> I'm not going to sit and break. And I did watch the Nuggets six or second half last night. Wow. But I mean, I, I don't like the white lie to management or your bosses. I think you have to be up front. Now, it may be. I don't have to tell them everything. That's not a lie. I'm not going to give them all the answers, but I'm not going to lie. I don't think you should be lying to Jerry Jones. Now, you don't have to tell Jerry every thought. I don't have to put every meal on Twitter. I don't have to. I don't have to so unveil. What do you, you don't have to be fully. Tr- you don't have to be fully truthful. No, no, no. That's different. Okay. I don't have to disclose every thought in my life to my bosses. I don't have to disclose my options or my variables. Okay, okay. Or my needs. Or, but I'm not going to lie to. Okay, so Jerry Jones said, "You're McCarthy. I'm Jerry Jones." Um, I'm McCarthy. Which one am I? You're McCarthy. Okay, I'm Jones. Ah. So wait, wait. You know, the media is talking about my interviews that I give. Mike, does that stuff bother you? Do the interviews I give all week, the press conference, does that stuff, do you care about that? Well, it depends on if he does or not. I would say, listen, you own the team, but I don't like having to answer for my owner. It's a distraction. <laughs> well, I'm just telling you, that I'm being honest. Yeah, I like that. Like, okay. I'd rather be confrontational. So, you, so he could white lie that. Ah, who cares, man? Media, I don't pay attention to those clowns. All right. But I, I like your answer, though. It's cause some honesty. Now, I don't know if that's going to cut deep with Jerry. He might he might not want to hear that. Yeah, well. I don't I mean, know about I, these billionaires. You, you talk to more billionaires than I do. I don't know any billionaires. Oh, really? Not a single one. Okay. <laughs> My mistake. I emailed Mark Cuban a few times. That's not knowing. That's knowing. <laughs> he emails everybody back within 10 minutes. Wow. Okay, final story. Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes have met six times in their career. Seventh matchup is this weekend. Uh, Allen is 3-1 and one in their four regular season mm. meetings. Mahomes is 2-0 and oh in the playoffs, including that really, really good 2021 playoff game. Um, is this the monkey off the back? I got to tell you. For Josh Allen? I, I'm, not, I'm not betting this one. I want to watch the game. I don't want to bet this one. I mean, you can technically do both. I don't want to. Okay. I bet every week there's a game. Remember Baltimore, San Francisco? I'm like, I just want to watch the game. Yeah. I just want to watch the game. I don't want to be emotionally caught up in it. I at, My gut this morning is Buffalo wins. Okay. Buffalo okay. wins 24-20. 24-20. It's my gut this morning. I have a right to change it. New information, injury report, 24-20 Buffalo. I do not think people are taking that Kansas City win over weather challenge oh, Miami and giving it too much credibility. And my take is Miami was going to get housed by anybody they played. Um, the, the number on Patrick Mahomes, have you seen what he is as an underdog in his Yeah, career? I know. I was looking at it So up. is Mike Tomlin until last weekend. I mean, I, 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 it's some, you know, you are an underdog usually because you're not as good. So, I mean, you no, can. No, no, the Chiefs are not great this year. And it's just one trend. Who cares? But um, 
You like Kansas I, it's City? It's tough for me to pass up Mahomes. No, I get it. Get, take, getting points. I, I get it. I know. just think they are transitioning from phase one of the dynasty to phase two, and I think it's going to be a turbulent year. More likely year. to get blown out. I mean, we've seen no, some Nobody's getting no, blown no, wait, out. Wait, we saw Dallas get blown out. We saw Philly get blown out. Two good teams. Yeah, but those teams, both, those teams both had fraudulent issues. Philly late was a mess, and Dallas couldn't beat good teams this year. No, I would not be shocked if the Chiefs got blown out. I could see that happening. I could see the Chiefs having a game in which a lot of frustrating drops, uh, some pressure. I don't think Mahomes likes his offensive tackles this year. I can see Buffalo at home. They take a lead. Uh, Kansas City, some drops, gets frustrated. Josh Allen does what he does. I could, I, I do not see Kansas City blowing out Buffalo. I don't either. Kansas City can't blow out anybody. Uh, even that Miami game was kind of still dicey there in the second half. Yeah. Um, go Chiefs. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I had to. J-Mac with the news. Well, that's the news. And thanks for stopping by. The Herd Lie News. A lot of stuff going on. It is... Um, Oh, we're going to do the face bracket later today. So the face bracket last week, which is a disaster, Fox uh, confronted me and said, we may want to pull that. It's in damaging the network's reputation several years ago. It's slowly gotten more redeemable. The first year I did it, it was an abject embarrassment to the company. I just, I, I mean, literally I got called into the office. Was this your idea? or like Oh, yeah, it was mine. All okay. mine. Yeah. Brilliant. It was terrible. And then year two, it was kind of terrible. Then it was okay. So this week... On our fa- we choose whoever's going to win the game based solely who has the better quarterback. So in the AFC last week, I went 3-0. and I took Stroud over Flacco, Mahomes over Tua, Allen over Mason Rudolph, 3-0. and <laughs> In the NFC, I went 0-3. <laughs> I took Dak over Jordan Love. I'll never do that again. Jordan's better. I took Stafford over Goff. Some sketchy officiating. Stafford but I'll- was better than Goff. It's okay to say. Okay. And then I took Hertz over Baker. And I, I think if when he gets the right coach, he would be. So I went three and three, perfect AFC, losing NFC. Mm, so, so I've got, I've got my picks for this week. You know, yesterday that uh, Jordan Love Brock Purdy thing, uh, your social guy clipped it for me, and we put it on TikTok. And yeah. uh, let's just say people are kind of split on Jordan Love and Brock. Purdy. I'm shocked. I thought everybody would be like Brock Purdy for sure. And they're riding with you and Jordan Love more than I thought. It's like 52-48. It's shocking. Last pick, first round pick. Who cares about where you were drafted? Look at the production. I I can't believe this is a thing. I'm stunned. It's for me, it's Brock Purdy, not even close. God. I you're a GM tomorrow. You can choose either to start your franchise. No, you don't get Debo. You don't get... Hold on. What, blank what, does the salary factor in? Because, you know, seventh-round pick well, No, versus... no, no, because Jordan's not making anything either. You know, he's going to be so making he, something after this well, year. So, you, blank slate. It's the first player taken by a new expansion franchise. Brock Purdy or Jordan Love? I, I got Purdy. Oh, good hell. I'm a believer. Now, I got Kyle Shanahan with me, right, to call the plays. Yeah. Yeah, you'd be the first GM that got fired on day two. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even think it's close. I get the taller, more athletic, better arm, more arm angle guy. I'm sorry. That that throw he made, that little throw he made in the end zone. Now, it may have been nine yards. Like six guys in the world that could do that. Four. Does he wear his hat backwards, Jordan Love? Do we don't know? even care. That's well, how good Brock he is. Brock Purdy does. I oh, know that's, that. That's also you. something we would discuss in the meeting rooms. Yeah.
Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? Along with my fellow Pro Bowler, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it. Up on game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up on Game with me, LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast from. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. After his incredible playoff debut, Jordan Love and the upstart Packers take on Brock Purdy in the top seed of 49ers in the NFC Divisional Round. It all starts at 7.30 Eastern Saturday on Fox. I, I, I don't have the moral courage at this time to pick the Packers, but I can't believe the line. It's wild to me, and it's not moved. That means the wise guys think it's an appropriate line. 
Nobody in the league has a second or third great corner. Maybe well, a second, not a third. Nine, nine and a half now. Well, that's what it was, wasn't well, it? Well, it was, it was at ten. So basically... Some idiots maybe on this show may have taken ten So as well. essentially, people view this as the Steelers in Pittsburgh with Mason Rudolph facing the Buffalo Bills. That's how people view it. <laughs> Jordan Love. So just ask yourself, do you view what Jordan Love did as fluky? Or do you, you view... I don't. I view it as schematic, coaching, talent. I think Green Bay is a major problem... Yeah. So are those schemes going to be open against a rested, awesome defense in San Francisco with tremendous linebackers, suspect secondary, but a good pass rush? No, I saw Baltimore's offense against San Francisco. I saw, I saw Kansas City's last year against San Francisco. This defense, this is not the 75 Steelers. We have a different <laughs> league. We have different rules. Joe Burrow in Cincinnati did carve them up earlier this year in San Fran. Like, it can be done. I just... Nine and a half. Just think about this. Vegas is saying this is Mason Rudolph against Buffalo and Josh Allen. So, I'm going to go with Brock Purdy's not Josh Allen. And that Jordan Love and that offense is a lot better than Mason Rudolph and Pittsburgh's. Well, if you remember, though, LaFleur has faced Shanahan and D'Amico Ryans, Robert Tal, all these guys... Mm. And he has really struggled. Remember Rodgers at home couldn't do jack squat okay. against the Niners? Yeah, Rodgers. years back, of... it was like 37-8, to eight, beat down. Like Sam... Shanahan kind of has LaFleur's number, right. you know. Okay. So I was thinking about, I saw this story this morning. Belichick targeting a talented yet underachieving team. And I talked about this to start the show. I don't necessarily base everything on results. That's why when you beat yourself up, people should not beat themselves up on just results. Were your choices sound? Were they formidable? Were they well thought out? Sometimes you make good choices, you get bad results. That's why parents, you put your kid in a good school, kid gets kicked out. The choice was good, the result wasn't. Don't beat yourself up. But this is interesting. Atlanta and Belichick just don't sound, to me, legendary. And I'll give you an example. So I think there's about, of all the franchises in the NFL, I'd say there's about 12 what I would call blue blood. I've been talking about them and watching them since the 70s, since I was a little kid. The first football game I ever watched was Washington against the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins won a Super Bowl with Bob Greasy, uh, Paul Warfield, I think it was Jim Kick. Uh, you get the point. So I consider the NFL's blue blood franchises, Niners, Packers, Cowboys, Giants, Steelers, Eagles, Chiefs, Bears, Commanders, Browns, Dolphins, Raiders. Not always the best run, but the first football uniform I got as a kid, my dad got it for me when I was like seven, was the Cleveland Browns. Paul Brown, Jim Brown, those are the blue bloods, 12. Maybe another one, but that's how I view them. I've been watching... I was watching Raiders, Dolphins in the 70s out in Oakland. Uh, you know, that's what it feels like. Now, I'm also now going to give you the 12 best coaches, in my opinion, ever. Again, maybe I'm missing some, but it's around here. Vince Lombardi, Belichick, Noel, Andy Reid, Jimmy Johnson, Bill Walsh, Bill Parcells, Mike Shanahan, John Madden, Joe Gibbs, Tom Landry, Don Shula. I'm close. 12 and 12. Every one of those coaches, everyone has worked, coached, for at least one of the Blue Bloods. Some, like Jimmy Johnson, too, Dallas-Miami. 
Why is that? Why is that? That all the great coaches, in my opinion, the greatest, don't see a lot of Carolinas on that list. Houston's, Tennessee's, Arizona's. Why? Because I think Blue Bloods have some institutional advantages. Revenue advantages, merchandise, connections with networks, geographical revenue. They just have advantages even when they're down. Game day revenue for the New York Giants will always be higher than the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> just always going to be because of their older fan base that's been going forever, even in down decades. John Madden used to say all the time, the late, great John Madden, some games just sound bigger. It doesn't matter if the Packers are blowing out the Cowboys. It got 40 million. The Texans could have faced the Jags in triple overtime. It gets 10 million less than that. Because the Cowboys and the Packers, it sounds big, even if the game was crap. Just advantages, older fans, merch, revenue, geographic, historic. Often, not always, better ownership. Older ownership. Less temperamental Carolina ownership. So ask yourself, does Belichick in Atlanta sound big? Does it sound formidable? No. Old guy, young team, doesn't sound big. There have been exceptions, and I'll give you an example. Sean Payton for 15 years made the Saints relevant. Before he got there, and a year after he leaves, they're mostly irrelevant, except for in Louisiana. So you can get a great coach who can elevate a situation. Then no question, Pete Carroll kind of put a stamp on Seattle, but they'd been to a Super Bowl with Mike Holmgren, and they're not a blue blood. Even though it was my team growing up, they arrived in the mid-70s, kingdom. But I mean, you start looking around, the 12 greatest coaches have all coached at one point at least one of those blue bloods. I don't, now I don't think it's a coincidence. Maybe I missed a blue blood. Maybe I missed a coach. But um, I just, I, I, does something sound big? You know? Even, even bad gate when Philadelphia plays the New York Giants. I don't care if Tommy DeVito's playing. It kind of feels big. <laughs> it kind of feels big. It does. The Jets playing Jacksonville. I don't care how good the quarterbacks are. It could be Trevor and Aaron. It doesn't feel big. It doesn't sound big. It's not historically relevant. There you go. I know that, that last one felt like a little bit of a dagger to you, but it's it's true. <laughs> I know that stung a, a little bit. No, no, not at all. It's 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 just I just I think certain things do they sound big? Do they sound urgent? Do they sound important? Yeah, you know uh, what sounds big? Bill Belichick in Dallas, Jim Harbaugh in Dallas. I, I, we said this yesterday. Harbaugh works in Dallas. If there's anybody that's going to push back to Jerry, and Jerry's going to listen, it's going to be Jim Harbaugh. I don't know. Come on. He wouldn't listen to Jimmy and Bill Parcells. That was 20 years ago. Oh, Sorry, more than that. I trust young owners more than old. I trusted young Jerry. Oh, uh, who, young guy like David Tepper, well, the young billionaire? No, no, but I mean, I mean Al like Davis in his, his early anything, days but, was a visionary and a pioneer. Well, what do you define a young owner? 60 is young, right? 58 and younger. 58. Well, I mean, it's... I don't know. That's very, very specific well, number. <laughs> I'm just saying. And under. You're, you're giving Jerry. Well, Jerry's learned. I don't think you can teach old dogs new tricks. Mm. Jerry, in his younger days, 
most people are a little more open-minded as they're young and they're growing wealth. Jerry pushed back on Jimmy and Bill. Now he's old. You think he's like, oh, I'm open to new stuff. No, Jerry, it's Jerry's toy. And Jerry wants to have fun with well, his toy. That's the outlook. You know, it is crazy sometimes when you see brilliant people. I see it all the time. Like you see these brilliant business. Elon Musk has some of this. And you're like, man, they have blind spots. I mean, Jerry's obviously a brilliant businessman. Man, he's got a blind spot on Dak, on, the, on football. Like, go give a great coach control. Just do it now. The Chargers, smart people in the building. Hire Harbaugh. Now. Yesterday. Hour two next. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.